You guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, you need to. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Mimesis, a podcast about all the twisted ways that art and life imitate each other. I'm Stacey Rourke. And I'm Sandra Sheriff Zacherly. And we're your hosts on this zany adventure. And today we have a mini episode. A mini episode. Bite-sized. Yes, but this one is going to be amazing. I'm very excited. <laughs> this one is going to be kind of a little... That's shameless self-promoting. <laughs> yes, this, that's, this is a... Wow, let's just cut that part out. This is shameless self-promotion time. Yeah. Um, we have talked on the show about the fact that I'm an author, and we've never really talked about my books. I think we yeah. talked about Veiled and uh, Vlad a little bit, but we haven't really gone through my catalog. So we're going to talk about my books today and yes. a little bit of behind the scenes stuff that people might not know about them. Especially because we can tie it in because you have taken real life elements and put it into your books. I have um, <laughs> damn near all of them. I've yeah. done that. So yeah. we can pull it, uh, information from those too. Yes. So because I have a lot of books and this is a mini episode, let's just dig right in. What do you think? Yeah. I, okay. I, I, is this going to really be a mini mini or is this going to be just like a mini extended? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> let's see how long it takes to talk about my book. I have a lot. My very first series that I ever wrote is my Griffin series. Yes. Um, this one, when I had my first child, I intended to go back to work when she was only a year old. That, like, that was my plan. I was going to have a year with her and then I was going to go back to work. And then when she was six months old, I found out that I was pregnant again. Yep. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> And then it became, um, okay, well, is it worthwhile for me to go back to work full time if I have to pay to have two babies in daycare? So my husband and I made the decision that I was going to stay home. Yep. And I had a newborn and a 17 month old. <laughs> yes. And my life was babies and diapers for a good long time. And yes, it was. During that, <laughs> I needed an outlet. I needed something to, to preserve my own sanity. And uh, I've, I've written since I wrote my first story when I was eight years old. This is just always something I did. So I decided while I was home with the babies that I was going to start writing again. Mm -hmm. And I wrote my very first book. It's called The Conduit. Yes. Um. I love the series. <laughs> Thank you. It's it, it was kind of, at that time, having two little girls, 
I didn't see a lot of representation in media of strong female characters. They were very right. limited at that time. We're seeing a lot more now, but at yes. that time, you know, you could count them on one hand. It was it was like Buffy and and Charmed, and right, that was that was about it. Yeah, so there wasn't I, much. There wasn't. There wasn't because um, it was like the Harry Potter craze. Yeah. Well, even with Twilight, Becca or Becca. <laughs> Bella had to be saved through the whole thing. Someone yes, always having yes. to save her. And I, I hated that. And I didn't want my kids not to have a character that was the hero of their own story. Mm -hmm. So that was my inspiration for The Conduit. Um, and I'm going to read the blurb to you guys. This is the, the blurb of my very first book that I ever wrote. All 18-year-old Celeste Garrett wants is to head off to college and make those fun yet ill-advised choices college kids are known for, and maybe to spend some time with the hot cameraman she just met. Instead, because of a pact her ancestors made in the 17th century with a mythical creature, she has to save the world. While Norma, normal kids are slamming energy drinks and cramming for exams, Celeste will get her adrenaline rush fighting a fire-breathing dragon. She wants to meet friends in the quad to exchange le lecture notes, but first she must exchange blows with a shape-shifting demon on the rooftop. Life isn't always fair for a superhero, but at least she doesn't have to do it alone. With her brother and sister as sidekicks, they alternate between saving lives and getting on each other's nerves. Together, the trio encounter unspeakable odds, mystical forces, and come face-to-face -face with an image that will haunt them forever. Their grandmother in a leopard print bikini. <laughs> I love Grams so much. Grams is amazing. She's a fun character. Yeah. I forgot. Um, what? Have you finished the burb? Yes, that's the end okay. of the book. Um, I forgot that when you wrote that, I was starting college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You sure were. That was tying right into that point in your life, mm -hmm. too. Um, tying into actual historical things, one thing when I chose... Because the premise behind this is there's three, these three kids are connected to the griffin. Um, the, the youngest sister grows the wings of an eagle. The older brother can shapeshift into a lion. And yep. the middle sister, Celeste, is the conduit. Basically, she gets whatever power she needs in a needed, in a needed situation. Um, but the reason I chose the griffin is because when I did research into that, I learned that the mythology there is that the griffin is the protector of the divine, meaning there's lore that there's two griffins that guard the gates to heaven. So when I found that out, it just kind of flowed together. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I like so that. There is the little mimesis yeah. with that. And you wrote my dad into that one too. I did. Yeah. I did. That one, I, I think I've only read the beginning of that one only a, maybe twice like i kind of skipped that first chapter like that little yeah. bit it's a little it too painful yeah. yeah yeah i get that i mean yeah. i think i've read the Conduit it was series like three times yeah it was it was meant because you know obviously you had your relationship with your dad but i had yeah i had a good relationship with him too so that was kind of my way of wanting to honor him yeah um which i love <laughs> thank you <laughs> this book um 
when I first wrote it, I didn't know if it was ever, if it was a thing, if I actually had the talent to be a writer. And I entered this, my very first book in the Amazon Breakthrough Novel Contest and um, became a semi-finalist with my first book. So that was kind of the inspiration that I needed to keep keep going going and keep doing this thing. And now you have 30 books. I have like 35. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So after the Griffin series came the legend saga. And like, I'm just going to say, I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) It's just, I really do. (laughs) This one is really where I found my voice as an author. This is where I realized that um, dark fantasy mixed with snarky humor is really my, my go-to style. Yes. And I mean, it's got, it's got Washington Irving, the Headless Horseman, Edgar Allan Poe. Um, right. All of it is rolled in there. And it's just, it's dark and it's fun. and right. Pulling in the history. Yeah, because the research I did for this, Washington Irving really did serve in the military with a man named Ichabod Crane. Right. Who actually, um, it was his higher up. And Ichabod Crane was was kind of a dick. So <laughs> when Washington Irving wrote the book, he was like, yeah, we're going to kill him off. <laughs> I get that. I get yeah. it. Okay, so here is the blurb of the um, box set of the series that has all three of the books in it. The horseman is unending. His presence shan't lessen. If you break the curse, you become the legend. Cursed by the malevolent spirit of the headless horseman, Ireland Crane seeks a way to break free from her soul-crushing bond. Croaking ravens, telltale hearts, dizzying time travel, coercive witchcraft, the lines between fact and fiction blur as the works of Washington Irving, Edgar Allan Poe, H.G. Wells, and Nathaniel Hawthorne come alive in this thrilling three-book series. Dun-dun-dun! Yeah, I love this one. <laughs> so for the book Raven that one um Edgar Allan Poe is actually a character in that and yes. to write that I submersed myself in all things Poe yes you did <laughs> I only read Poe I when I wrote I wrote as Poe I tried to imitate his style as best I could um and I was in a very, very dark frame of mind when I finished that book. Yeah. Which is why, following that, I wrote my first rom-com. Yes, you did. <laughs> because you I needed a little break. I needed a palate cleanser. I needed to laugh because holy crap. Yeah. Um, my rom-com series is called The Real Room. Real romance series, and it's two books <laughs> adapted for film and turntables. And the best mimesis of this series, I'm going to let you tell people because it's your story. I, <laughs> this is so terrible. Like, this makes me look <laughs> petty and like I'm Anna. <laughs> yes, we just got done recording our Anna episode, who was all about fashion, but. Okay, we have to set the stage. You were in wedding prep mode. I was in wedding mode. Not really Bridezilla. 
no, it wasn't Bradzilla. It was like overthinking every Over. tiny yeah. detail. Yeah. <laughs> I, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I wanted converses. I wanted everybody to be in converses. I wanted everybody to be comfortable. Yes. And the height difference between my husband and I, like, that's what he always said. Like, I'm only marrying you for the height difference because the pictures <laughs> will look funny. So it really, like, showed the height difference between us by wearing flats. Yes. And so we had custom-made converses done. His were, they look like Vader. Black and Because red. we also dressed up like Vader. Or he, we dressed he up did. like Star Wars characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just for so, the entrance into the reception, not the whole yes, wedding. Not the whole wedding. Um, and then for me, I got custom made orange ones, but they weren't exactly the orange color that I wanted. But I had them embroidered with wifey and his said husband, and so they matched. They were cute. And then I happened to find the right orange. <laughs> And then I bought that one. And I was like, which one should I wear? Should I just wear one of each? <laughs> so there is a scene in turntables where the bride is showing her maid of honor two pairs of shoes. And she's like, do I wear these or do I wear these? And the maid of honor is like, those are exactly the same shoes and the exact same color. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so they that, were literally like the tiniest yeah. It was a difference. fraction off. Like, and you would, you really wouldn't be able to tell. I do your dress. Be no. Under my big poofy dress. Yeah, yeah. So that scene really did happen. There was really two <laughs> shoes, and the maid of honor, me, going, "Those are the same shoes." Those are the same. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I love that you found heeled converses. Oh, for they're yourself. so cute, and I still wear those to this day. And every yeah. time I wear them, people stop me and are just like, "Those are the cutest shoes ever." I had them special ordered from China and the <laughs> gentleman that made the shoes um, sent me a picture of himself and a tiny little origami swan with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was a little confused when he sent me a picture of himself. I'm like, did I adopt him with the shoes? <laughs> yes. Is this like a sponsorship thing? What are we doing? But, but I digress. So yes, that's, that's my real romance. Um, uh, it really happened. Series. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll give a little bit of the blurb for this one. Private planes and designer labels, movie deals, and Hollywood hunks. Thrust into the world of glitz and glamour, best friends Aubrey and Tandy find sizzling, sizzling temptation in the city of angels. And this two-book twin pack, each sassy lady will try her hand at love in between jet-setting and elaborate PR hoaxes. That one's fun. Mm -hmm. That is my only series that doesn't have any kind of fantasy elements in it no that one's straight up just rom-com yeah that's hard for me <laughs> yeah i need a little magic yes please i like reminds me of that line from aladdin let's make some magic <laughs> okay so the series that came after that is probably the series i'm best known for it's the one that um people are drawn to the most and that is my unfortunate souls chronicles the fairy tale retellings yes these are 
dark and twisted fairy tale retellings Rise of the Sea Witch, Entombed in Glass, and Pursuing Madness. Um, I the- love... <laughs> I said it again, like, I I can't stop. But this one, like, I never really cared for Ursula as a character. Yeah. I liked her, but I never cared for her too much. It was just, she's there. Yeah. But reading this book, like, opened my eyes to a whole new level of Ursula. She's my girl now. Like, by the end of Rise of the Sea Witch, you understand why she is the way she is and you're like yeah go after that king's daughter yeah Yeah. kurt steal her voice yes Mm -hmm. all of those things (laughs) that's it's a good one i like her a lot i will say a little behind the scenes thing about um rise of the sea witch when i wrote the character of um vanessa Mm -hmm. i had pink in mind when i wrote her okay you know she's strong she's tough she's a badass she's she's putting in the work yeah Yeah, that's that's who i always envision when i write when i wrote that character i always picture her for it okay i can definitely see that even some of the hairstyles she has there's like one point where she's got like the faux hawk and it's like braided on either sides like it's something you could see pink doing with her hair and i think she has to be perfectly honest yeah i can definitely see that yeah and um, if if you look at the cover of Pursuing Madness, we actually had a male model that we did um, Cheshire Cat makeup on. Yes. So that is not done with camera effects. I mean, the, the glowing eyes, obviously. His eyes don't really glow, but Mm-mm. we really did do that makeup, and it was amazing. All right. So I don't have the... Well, I don't have the box set of that one up, so I'm just going to read the blurb of uh, Rise of the Sea Witch. How's that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Details of the Sea Witch's banishment have been exaggerated. The body count that preempted it was not. Once an illustrious princess, her hands and tentacles were stained with the blood of thousands. No one could comprehend how the hooks of madness dragged her down from her life of privilege. Born Princess Vanessa of Atlantica, the ambitious young royal was one of two children born to the great king poseidon she and her brother triton were groomed from birth to rule yet only one would ascend that coveted throne while carefree triton flits through his training with a cavalier demeanor and beguiling charm vanessa's hunger for her father's acceptance drives her to push herself to the limits of magic and and combat to become a leader worthy of her people When war against the humans ravages their once regal kingdom, political sides are chosen. Factions from the seven seas challenge the existing leadership, pitting Vanessa Vanessa against her brother in a vicious battle for the crown. Traitors are exposed, dark secrets revealed, and a once strong sibling bond is strained to its breaking point. Only when the ink-back black waters from the ultimate betrayal rescind will the truth be known of how the villainous sea witch rose with one name on her vengeful lips triton (laughs) i love that one so much (laughs) (laughs) makes me want to go and read it right now (laughs) ah i love that series that one was a lot lot of fun yeah and then next was it your collab Yes. After that became the TS-901 Chronicles that I wrote with um, another incredibly talented author, Tish Thauer. Um, Fun thing about 
the TS901, the the title there, T for Tish, S for Stacy, and <laughs> 901, September 1st was the day that we decided we were going to write this series together. Oh, so that's awesome. That's that's where the and that's the serum that everybody is infected with. This one is about um, there's a faction of people that they, you know, there was, you know, I'll read the blurb and you guys will understand what it's about, but it's got a lot of mutants in it. Yeah. It's got X-Men kind of dystopian landscape kind of feel. It was a lot yeah. of fun. This one, writing this with Tish was a lot of fun because it almost felt like, like a writing challenge. Um, I'd write a chapter and then I'd kick it over to her and she'd write a chapter and kick it back to me. And it was a lot of fun, like seeing where the, you know, we had an overall plot, but seeing where the other person went with it and then taking the ball and running. Right. It was, it was like a writing exercise and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And cause I you think, didn't, you guys collaborated on it, but like you wrote it like that. So it like, she would leave it somewhere. Yeah. And then you'd pick it up and be like, okay, well this is what we're going to do now. Yeah. Yeah, and, I love and we that. just we just went with it. But you guys uh, did such a good job that it sounds like one voice. It doesn't sound like there's two authors. I appreciate that. It's it's funny you say that because there's been chapters of it that I've read and I don't remember which one of us wrote it. I yeah. I can't tell if it's my writing or hers. Our styles yeah. are just that similar. So we had a lot of fun with it. We had a lot of fun. All right. So let me let me read the the first book blurb so people can kind of understand what this is about because I did not explain it well at all. <laughs> Tainted water for the good of the people, fluoride and vitamins to sustain the health of the human race, added ingredients to extend and evaluate the quality of life. All good things, right? Wrong. Thea Kelly has been changed by the TS-901 chemical in the world's water supply. Now forced into hiding with the other inflicted outcasts, she struggles to survive as her new powers emerge. Evan Daniels hunted for others like himself, and finding Thea suddenly brought meaning back into his life. Love blossomed between the strange couple while they searched for a way to reverse the effects. Unfortunately, the government had something else in mind. Super soldier creation on a mass scale was their end goal, and thanks to an unfortunate family tie, Evan became patient number one. Good guy, bad guy, the world isn't sure, but Thea is left with only one choice— Save the ass of the world's first anomaly, who just happens to be her boyfriend. <laughs> so yet again, we got a female character that's mm -hmm. the hero of the story. Yep. Kind of a running theme in a lot of my books. Very much. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Um, after that is when I did my, uh, my space opera, which... Uh, uh, Apocalypse 5. I love this story. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it didn't resonate with my readers as much as some of my other books have. I think it's because it's such a different feel to it. Um, yes, and it's very... It's almost like Ender's Game. Yes. yes. It's very space sci-fi where you write a lot of fantasy. Yeah, so... It, this one, I love this book. I have not continued the series only because, um, I mean, this this book won awards, but yeah. um, 
it just hasn't found the right audience to make it worth my while to continue the series. If I saw more interest in it, maybe I would. But as of right now, you know, my some of my other series are getting more love. So this one is just kind of on the back burner for right now. Yeah. But um, the premise for the Apocalypse 5 actually came from the movie The Dark Tower. Okay. I like that. I like the book. I haven't seen the movie. Okay, well, in the movie, your your uncle took me to the theater to see it. Well, of and there's course, one he line. Would. <laughs> yes, um, Matthew McConaughey plays the um, what's the character? The man in black. The he's the villain. He's the villain in it. Yeah, and he has one line in the movie, and it's just like something said off, like like an offhanded comment. He says, um, "Enjoy your apocalypse." And as soon as he uttered that line, my brain like, just started whirling with an entire story. So I did not see the rest of the movie. I was sitting there staring at the screen. I did not see what was happening. I <laughs> I was plotting. By the time we left that movie, I had the entire plot for the Apocalypse 5 completely laid out. Like, yeah. And you're and Uncle Jay is probably sitting there like, did you see that? Did you see that? And blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And I'm like over there clicking on my phone, trying to get all the ideas out before (laughs) I'm just like, shut up. I got to get this out. Um, Yeah. yeah. So he let me borrow all the books and I've read like the first couple and he let, I haven't read them all yet. And I know that he probably wants his books back. So maybe I'll bring them down for Christmas. (laughs) Maybe wrap them up. (laughs) There we go. What? These are mine. I know. Merry Christmas. Now, I did steal one idea from Stephen King um, from that series. There's a spot somewhere in that series where King writes himself into one of his books. And I actually wrote myself into a scene of pursuing madness. Yes, you did. There's a scene where they're skipping through realities and um, the characters are standing behind me watching over my shoulders as I type yes. which let me tell you writing that scene like I was sitting in the spot I was describing you thought you had somebody behind like you. I legit felt like there was somebody behind me because of the way <laughs> I was writing it I gave myself the creeps yeah <laughs> I did but I you know I don't think not a lot of people have mentioned that scene to me so I don't know if anyone really realizes oh I got it I mentioned it to you instantly yeah (laughs) I don't know I don't know how many people so if you're listening to this you're one of my readers and you did notice that scene that I wrote myself in let me know yeah all right so here is the blurb for the apocalypse five The end of the world is coming, how or when scientists can't agree upon. For decades, Earth's best line of defense has been a team of young soldiers known as the Apocalypse Five, forced into virtual reality simulations to train for doomsday. But this is no game. Death on the grid is brutally final and calls up the next in a long line of cadets. Stationed aboard the AT-1NS Starship, the A-5 are celebrities thrust into the limelight by a calling they didn't choose. All it takes is one unscheduled mission showing 17-year-old team leader Detroit a harsh and unfathomable reality to shake the A5's belief in all they thought they knew. After questioning people with the power to destroy them, the team is framed for a crime they didn't commit and marked for death. Now the hunt is on. Can the Apocalypse 5 expose the truth the starship would kill to keep hidden? Or will their bravery end in a public execution? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) 
All right. So that and one. Welcome to your apocalypse. <laughs> or how did you say it? Have a, have a pleasant apocalypse. Have a pleasant apocalypse. Yeah. That's what they hear every time before they go into a uh, simulation is. Yeah. And that's where they end their game. Have a pleasant apocalypse. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So after that. Veiled. Yes. That came the um the vampire series that I said I was never, ever, ever going to write. Never, going to write. Yeah. And that one, we talked about that in our, I'm, I'm just going to kind of gloss over this one because we talked about it quite a bit in our vampire episode but yeah. i did a lot of research on vlad for this one and yeah dorian yeah. gray is in there and so i think after veiled oh, it was octavia that's right when, that's my girl my girl octavia oh i love her so much and octavia i'm back to writing her she has a whole new series coming out I love yeah. that you did like you had a whole like Octavia journals and then you also had the one off in the other universe. Yes, uh, I was part of a collaboration project, uh, Havenwood Falls. Yeah. Um and that was Octavia's first little story there. And then after that, I did these these were a lot of fun because I was working the cover artist that I was working with for each like novella because these are novellas yeah. and they were put together for a, a box set. I let her pick the monster for that Octavia was going to face off against. Oh, I wanted awesome. these to have kind of like a supernatural feel that she was facing off against a different monster yeah. every week. Um, so I would tell my cover artist, you pick the monster make the cover and I will write the story around that monster which was it was a writing challenge and it was a lot of fun I really I could enjoyed see that, that being a challenge but yeah like at the same time you're like let's go like yeah. how can I tie these in together I did not know that and that's awesome <laughs> it was fun so she went up against a wraith she went up against um a genie a gin excuse mm -hmm. me she went up against um <laughs> a sea monster uh she went up against a siren a werewolf mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. reed mm -hmm. we love us some reed <laughs> is reed gonna be back reed is back Yay. reed is back um and they're at the end of octavia's first series things are kind of weird between her and reed like yes. she's getting over a loss so things are kind of weird and uh yeah, but yeah so. she is accepting of this new time yes so you like know they've been to me <laughs> as the next book starts they've they've been traveling together for a while so we'll we'll see what's going on with them when we pick up but yes so the only back. thing that i can imagine like i want you to write the scene where okay did you ever watch a star is born no i haven't yet no okay it's tearjerker it really is, but it's really good. But there's a scene where they're riding on a motorcycle and just Bradley Cooper just reaches back and like grabs uh, Lady Gaga's leg. And I'm just like, I need that in my life. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just the simplest thing. But it was yep. like, oh, so I need yeah. to write that. Isn't it funny how little <laughs> scenes like that, this, they just grab you and you're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know one that did it for me was in the third Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Yes. At That's World's the same End. thing. 
where Will is helping her take the boot off. Yes. And his like he his hand grazes her thigh. And I was just like, okay, where are we going yes. here? <laughs> yes. And then he like kisses her knee. Yeah, and then he stops. Yeah. And I remember yeah. like I'm watching it with with your uncle and I was like, "Why do you stop?" And your uncle was like, "Cuz it's a Disney movie." <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Can we make another one that's not Disney rated? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. But uh yes, Octavia um is a lot of fun. I love her a lot. She has a lot of big things on the horizon for her. Lots um, of big things. Lots of big things. She's a fan favorite for a reason. Um, and the I, I posted this bacon. in what? <laughs> and oh yes, and she has bacon. she has an undead pig named Bacon. I, I don't think I've mentioned yet that she's a necromancer, and she at one point tripped over a roasting pig and brought him back to life and could not kill him after that he was too cute right. so she now she rides around on her motorcycle with her undead pig and his little infant carrier <laughs> he's just cute as can be so, so what real elements did you bring in um well this isn't it's not a real element but i just posted this in my fan club but i know i sent you the message too um one of the reasons i've been re-watching true blood is oh. as i'm writing the next chapter of Octavia's books, I want to capture a similar feeling as the um, Southern vampire mysteries written by Charlene Harris have, where it's, you know, it's very suspense. It's very paranormal. There's, you know, some sexiness weaved in there. And I really want this next series to have that kind of feel to it. So I'm, you know, immersing myself in that. And I follow Charlene Harris on all sorts of social media because I just love her. And she posted a picture of herself at a book event and the podium in front of her said Octavia in big giant letters. <laughs> and I was just like, if that's not the universe giving me a sign that I'm on the right path, I don't know yeah. what it is. Here's your sign. <laughs> I was not even subtle. No, it was a big old slap to the face. I, and like, I, take it. Take I love it out. It. <laughs> So, yes, I will be doing that. All right. So here's a little bit of the blurb from Octavia. With a touch of her hand, Octavia Hollows can restore life, yet she couldn't save the man she loved from the horrific accident that stole him from her. Octavia thought she could outrun the pain, but ghosts from the past refused to be silenced. Out of options, she chooses to retrace her wayward journey across the country in search of answers. Surrounded by baffling mysteries of the undead, what she learns about herself along the way might become her greatest weapon. <laughs> along with her little undead pig, Bacon. Undead pig, Bacon. Bacon. I want some bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, after that came my Fear the Reaper series. Yes, I like These, this one too. Yes, Nyx is awesome. Mm -hmm. This one, if you like um, fallen angels and demons and uh, badass urban fantasy flavored books, this is for you. And These real ones. murderers. And real murders. There's some real murderers worked in the uh, Jack the Ripper makes an appearance. Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden. Rasputin. Um, yeah. Even Lucifer is in this. Lucifer's yeah. in these. And there's there's a lot of history that goes into these. Um, especially with Jack the Ripper, his victims are mentioned in here. They actually play a part in the story. They're present there. Mm -hmm. Um 
because I think Which is a lot of cool. I love how you weave that in. Well, you know, Jack the Ripper is so famous, but we don't talk about his victims very often. Right. Just the horrific things he did to them. So in the in this book, I named them. I gave, you know, I drew from history what their personalities were like. One of them was known to be quite a lush. So yeah. you know, she was the one that did impressions of a fire engine. <laughs> like, she, so yeah, she was in there, and she's represented from what what I could read, gather from history. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um. I'm each one of these has a different case that she's solving, but I'm just going to read the the top part that is the same in every one of the blurbs. History knows me by many names. Nyx, the goddess of night, Lilith, the lady of darkness, Selafiel, the fifth angel of God. But the course of my life has been determined by my greatest mistake. I opened the gate and allowed Lucifer to fall. Booted from heaven for my sin, I serve my pen penance as a reaper. By collecting history's most twisted souls, I work to one day earn my ticket home. Yes. I, and I had a covers case 663, 664, 665, and 666. And 666 is, of course, mm -hmm. Lucifer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I love that you like put them as case numbers because she's reaping these people. Yes. She gets, so she gets a different file every week and every mission and yeah. travels through time to find where their souls are. And yeah. And I love like the forbidden romance of it too. Yeah. Cause you have a little bit on like a love triangle, which I hate, but it works out here. And that's the thing with this also is like her relationship with Lucifer. You see very early on, it's very toxic. Red flag. Red, <laughs> Red flag. flag. Red flags all <laughs> over the place. There's one. There's another. <laughs> yeah. But through the series, she she starts seeing the things that she can't deny anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of like real life. Like, I mean, I went through a toxic relationship that completely, I didn't see it. Yeah. Not one bit. But then starting to like really understand it and pulling the blinders off it's like whoa that was a red flag whoa that was a red flag like, yeah yeah we don't see you know it's some you're just blinded by it sometimes and yes. another thing with her character is that she thought what she that her sin was so big that nobody's sin was as great as hers and i think a lot of times we do that to ourselves like i'm yeah. so bad that you know, no one else can can be as bad as I am. I'm just horrible. And sometimes not. we, yeah, we think that yeah. we're deserving of that kind of behavior. And no, 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 we're not. No. We de we deserve to be respected and treated well. Yep. And no, yep. absolutely. Okay, so after my Reaper series came my latest series that I have now been working on for two years. Yes. And my kiddos helped me with this one. Yes, they did. Um, this is my Death Diggers handbook. This one is very much, um, I would describe it as the TV show The Good Place meets Beetlejuice. Yes, this very is, much. This is a city <laughs> of the dead. It's an entire world. Um, Carnage Crossing <laughs> is, is the place that's built by the dead. Um, 
I have a map done of it. The map looks like a skull. And, yes. you know, there's businesses there and it's a thriving little burg. And uh, everybody I love the home dead pot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Death shrouds clothing and more. Uh-huh. Wake the dead coffee. There's all sorts of uh, yeah. wake the dead coffee. And then um, uh, malaria's clothing. Yeah. Death shrouds clothing and more yeah. is hers. Yeah. I like the screaming well where people just yes. go and scream into it. <laughs> that's fun i also um i like the dr despair yes (laughs) you're dead you're dead (laughs) next that's really funny i have this from your first box oh yes hollows end apothecary apothecary. we never actually say in the series that uh ember oleander was a witch that you know was burned at the stake but she runs an apothecary and she has um, a symbol burned into her forehead, which somebody like marked her as yeah. a witch. And she's blue because she was drowned. Drowned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's implied. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I realized that. Which I probably <laughs> did. Until just now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing is... A lot of these characters, like I describe their injuries, but yes. I don't necessarily tell you their death, but I know how every single one of them died right. because I planned it out like the um, bartender at the Afterlife Club. She's got green hair. She wears a Nirvana t-shirt all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, she died in a mosh pit at a concert she yes. was stampled i stampled, love that. Trampled. trampled so you know any yeah. one of them i know how they died and yeah what happened and this is where i said you need to take your conduit series and bring this one and do <laughs> yes, because there is a character from the griffin series mm-hmm. that makes an appearance in my uh death digger series and uh-huh. again i don't think a lot of people realized it but also smack you up until you do make the book that i want you to (laughs) the character that makes the appearance also he he was you know he was in the griffin series and um i he was a pirate and i always made it a joke his name is a joke and nobody ever got it i never got it until just (laughs) recently and then i was like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) his he's a pirate and his name's rowan wade row and wade that yes. <laughs> and nobody ever got it so nope when i wrote him into um corpse queen he tells her what his name was because everybody gets a new name when they come to yeah. to uh carnage crossing he tells her what his name was and she gets it she's like oh that's funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it actually took me reading that book <laughs> i was just like are you kidding me <laughs> row and wade yeah yeah but i have a friend named rowan so it didn't click yeah because i was saying rowan not row and yeah yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was was basically me having to explain my own joke that makes it less funny (laughs) (laughs) or makes it even more funny (laughs) yeah (laughs) when people get it yeah like really i didn't get that then you're like holy crap yeah so this series um 
there's three books to start with. Yes. Corpse Queen, Rotting Rain, and Divine Decay. But then there is a spin-off series that um Malaria Kane is one of the other characters and she has a journey all her own and that's a three novella series. Um I don't have it in front of me, so I'm just going off the top of my head. If I say it wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> Monsters in Mayhem, um, Chaos and Carnage, and Hauntings and Havoc, Haunting Havoc are those yeah. three. And um, as much as I love the series, I am going to take a break in it after this, now that Malaria's Chapter is done, because I'm going back to Octavia for a while. Yeah. I can't say that I won't go back to this series, because after my Unfortunate Souls one, this is... This and Octavia are the ones that seem to be fan favorites. So I can't yeah. say that I won't go back to them, but. Um, I might have to find you and haunt you and make you write at least one more. <laughs> I need the queen back. You need Tempest back? I need Tempest. I think you just want Gideon back. <laughs> I have to tell you, I don't know if I ever showed you this picture. I'm going to have to find it, but. When my kids and I were help, were creating all the characters, I said for Gideon that the way I saw him in my mind was um, the guy that plays Jamie Fraser on Outlander mixed with Johnny Depp. And Elliot found some sort of app that combined the two and formed this like beautiful godlike creature. <laughs> I need to see this. I'm going to have to find it and we'll post along with it because holy crap, if we could find a way to like combine those men's DNA. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It was something. So do we need Jamie Fraser to date Johnny Depp's daughter? I don't know. She looks an awful lot like her mom. Okay. <laughs> and the age gap there is icky. <laughs> oh, I did how I don't know how young she is. Oh, wait, she's never mind. She's too young. Yeah, scratch all that. I think she's like 19 or 20. So I mean I she, thought he was younger too. No, he's he's not. I mean she's legal, but still. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Jamie, he she's a wee bairn. Why have we not done an Outlander episode? I've been waiting on you. With, like, Scottish history? Uh-huh. I don't know. All right. Well, I'm going to read the blurb for Corpse Queen, and then we will have gone through my entire catalog here. All right. You ready? Oh, by the way, all of these poems, or all of these blurbs of the Death Diggers books, they're all poems, because I had to be super extra when I made them. And I love them. <laughs> Thank you. With the king gone, the veil fell, thrusting carnage crossing into a fresh hell. A city of the dead, a town built by demise, torn apart by the living's whim to exorcise. The lineage was tracked and followed to a royal heir, the fact that she had a pulse, a shocking affair. Whisked through death's doors with grisly splendor, her reign will begin when ties to the past sever. Yet secrets slither in with a venomous bite, threatening to destroy all when they come to light. Will the truth revealed bring peace to the dead or unleash the corpse queen to come for your head? <laughs> I love that. Funny side note. Um, 
damn near all my books at some point in them have a poem, a rhyming poem of some sort. In them. Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. I will look for any your excuse. To... Wait, I think maybe your adapted for film does not. I don't think that one does because there's no reason to. But if there's but everything else does. If there's a spell, if there's a crazy old lady, like they, uh, um, uh, the the Cheshire Cat, he talks in yeah. rhymes for a good portion of it. Well, I mean, he's crazy. He lost his mind. Yeah. So yeah, I'll look for any excuse to to yeah. rhyme. Yeah. I told you this was not going to be a mini. I know. I know. But that's it. <laughs> that's my whole catalog so far. And they're all great. You can get them on Amazon. You can get them through. Um, most of them are on Kindle Unlimited. Um, some are on Kindle Unlimited. You can find others on um, in Barnes and Noble, uh, Apple Books. There's. I'm starting to move more of my ca catalog wide, so you are able okay. to see more of them on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna get if you can start. And you have audiobooks. I do. I have, um, uh, let's see, the first two in the Griffin series are an audiobook. My Real Romance um, book one is an audio. Rise of the Sea Witch is an audio. My Legend Saga is an audio. TS-901 is an audio. Uh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, if you want to see the full catalog of my books... I think my last three novellas are the only things that are not on there yet, but we're getting it updated. My website is www.stacyrourke.com. You can find them all on there, or you could just, you know, go to Amazon and search my name and they'll all come up there. Yeah. And you're going to start a new endeavor. I'm holding you accountable. <laughs> yes. Yes. My books that are not in audio um, now that I have the mic and the audio equipment here and my wonderful niece, who uh, is a great editor, we're going to start audio producing some of my books myself. So I'm going to read yes. some of my books directly to you. And that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Chapter by chapter. Yep. And we'll put them up there so that all of them can be an audiobook. Yes. That's the plan. Yay. All right. Well, there we go. Now we have fully covered all of my books yes. thus far. And now you know what we're talking about when we mention them. Exactly. <laughs> and if you're a reader or, you know, you like listening to podcasts and audiobooks, you can check those out or yep. go check out my catalog. All right. Well, that's all we got for today. This mini is not a mini. Sorry about that. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.